0: Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutela to Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast
1: on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! No. Sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. Recruiting battle is heating up in the state of Montana. The basketball schedule in the Big Sky Conference is set and different. And Damian Lillard out on the rest of the NBA season? It is to tell Nuanas. 1029 ESPN Radio and across the state on SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Great to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon, the day after a Memorial Day holiday. We hope you had a wonderful day, a reflective day, and a uh, are, are you know back in the saddle here on a Tuesday on the front end of a short work week. How great is that? The next best thing about a holiday is you got a four-day week ahead of you maybe or seven i don't know you know you maybe work around the corner of the weekend however it is for you we are appreciative that you have us on board with you thanks so much if you would like to listen live on the world wide web you can do just that 1029 espn.com 1029 espn.com you go there you listen live all the time to the station and to the show thanks to opportunity bank Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to pick up your phone and call us, you can do that as well. 361-3688, area code 406-361-3688. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Let's take a look at what we have in the show today. We are going to compare and contrast Montana and Montana State, which we do a fair amount around here, uh, from football recruiting here early on. Three new in-state recruits going to Montana State, one Significant quarterback transfer heading to the University of Montana. So we will talk about that both positionally and just uh, uh, contrasting getting out of state, in state, how that's all working out so far uh, right now. We will also get into a little bit of baseball. There was an actual Memorial Day tournament played. Actually, a couple of them. You have the what was the Double A? Well, what is the Double A uh, level of? what was Legion baseball and is now state of Montana baseball. There's also the single a, which is maybe where the biggest story came out of, out of Florence over the course of this weekend. So we'll get into some of that. Tell you what happened. It is. By the way, the day this is, we've been looking forward to this, we are opening up our Coeur Golf Resort Stay and Play giveaway today. Okay, We're going to tell you everything that you need to do in order to participate and win yourself a trip over to Coeur d'Alene to uh, stay in the beautiful hotel and resort there and get a round of golf as well for two on the outstanding, the beautiful, the picturesque resort golf course there along the Coeur River, so, or Coeur Lake, excuse me. So we will uh, tell you all the details on that. Top of the hour. The, we didn't get to this last week, but officially the Big Sky Conference released what will be a 16-game down from a 20-game regular season schedule. And we want to talk about this a fair amount because there's some pragmatic reasons that it ha- has happened. But there's also uh, some functional ways that they made this thing work to reduce travel and so forth. And Coulter and I are really interested in what was a great thing to have in a true round robin of 20 games playing everybody twice, it seems even. But then it became not even because it's still only 11 teams so you have a lone wolf situation teams playing on Mondays not playing for 10 more days before they play the next team who's played 3 in their last 7 days and this kind of stuff so even though it is even in terms of playing home and home against everybody it's uneven in terms of the when and the where and the how that it all set up Would well, this maybe iron some of that stuff out even though yes, there's going to be four teams you will only play once, and and you know that that can throw stuff off as well. But it's a weird thing. It will uh, we'll get into. It. We'll open this thing up. But it but it, but it is official now. A 16 game schedule for this forthcoming season in uh, Big Sky Conference basketball, men's and women's hoops.
0: Yeah, mean I asked you, is this ironically fixing the Big Sky schedule? So we'll get into that because I think that. When, when people in our neck of the woods complain about it, they're not complaining because you don't play Sac State twice. They're complaining because you don't play Eastern Washington and Idaho on the same road trip. Right. Now you will. Right. So it just fixed the thing that was the dumbest part of the whole schedule. If you're going to drive from Bozeman to Cheney, just drive 40 more miles and play Idaho in Moscow. And and, and they didn't have that last year, so maybe this will fix that. So we'll get into that in, this, in the second hour.
1: In a sport where there is a full coverage tournament, all 11 teams are going to it, the not playing everybody the same amount of times is so much less egregious than it is in a sport like football. Uh, so, we'll, we, But we'll get into this more and more. The other thing, too, and we'll see what we have time for, but there's three national stories that we want to at least touch on. Uh, maybe we can do some today, some tomorrow. But Damian Lillard says, hey, if you bring the NBA season back and myself and my team with the Portland Trailblazers don't have a legitimate chance, and what he means by that is is there's an actual real opportunity to play their way back into the playoffs – I'm out. I'm good. I'm not playing in your just a couple of throwaway games for the sake of getting some games back in there. I'm not doing it. And, uh, you know, as the number nine seed in the West, obviously, they're the team that's right there on the precipice, three and a half games out behind uh, Memphis in the West right now. And you can understand where he's coming from. But we'll get into that a little bit. The NHL has officially, officially announced today they will not have a regular season, uh, if and when they resume hockey, which they are anticipating resuming it, they are going to have, are you ready for this, a team postseason. 2014. What a series. So the series, uh, well, we get into, but the series is basically this. The top four seeds in each conference, which are eight teams total, of course, are going to play a round-robin for seeding. Mm. And then the bottom 16 seeds, the bottom eight from each conference, are going to play a five-game you know, best of five series, right? So yeah. the first to three moves on, and once you get there, you will have then, in virtue of that, the seeds for what is the normal sixteen-team, you know, uh, Stanley Cup final run. And so that's that's the way they're going to do it. I believe that they will reseed after the first round with the lower seeds, but we'll get into that. And also, yes, the match two was played over the weekend. I watched the entire thing. And uh, what, what, did I see this right? This was the maybe one of the highest, if not the highest, rated golf uh, event in cable history, cable television history. So uh, that's maybe not all that surprising. It was entertaining. It it. There was a couple things I know like, okay, about it, but a, a lot of it that I love. So I know you watched it as well, Colter. So there you go. There's our show today. That's what we're going to do on a Tuesday. We had three days to collect material, you know, out there on the Yeah, I was thinking, you know,
0: uh, we had my calamity with the car and your calamity with whatever the heck happened to you the other week. And uh, well, we still haven't shared it on the show, so I don't really know, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, we have had a couple, couple four-day or uh, not full 2 tailed duanas yeah. and I, you know, I was thinking, I don't know, maybe we should just move to the four days, load it up, make it really good. Tommy says no, though. What
1: do you think? Yeah, well, well, like France, right? Think we could do maybe a three-day work week?
0: Nope, nope, nope. For six now is six years now. You've been crying and crying. Give us a third hour. Yeah, now that was when we still had days. sports. No, 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 no. I, I would love a
1: third hour in three days, three and three, very symmetric. It's great. I don't even want to address that
0: with you because it's so ridiculous. But I do want to take a second (laughs) to say, I did see Coulter almost blow his complete top today. And I want to check. in Well, that what's new? What did I do? Well, Coulter had to empty out the station Mm. truck because Mm -hmm. all of his cars keep blowing up. Mm -hmm. And it was requested of him to. (laughs) You need to get one of them free cars. His golf bag. Yeah, and then it fell off the bag boy, and the balls are rolling all over the parking lot and. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I was laughing uh, you, so hard and I, Coulter's head was just getting redder and redder and redder because well, all I was doing was re- revisiting the uh, moment earlier this morning when I was trying to talk to the corporate people of my car situation and they were telling me that there is no such thing as us providing any sort of loaner car for you and I said I, you guys don't understand I work in the media and in sales I have to be able to drive sorry sir we cannot help you Okay.
1: Uh, here's one thing that you should know about Coulter, and you may already know this about Coulter. I don't know if Coulter knows this about himself, mm, though, which is go. one thing I want to point out. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, first of all, his, his ability to navigate even average size spaces is is questionable. <laughs> to navigate smaller spaces is zero. <laughs> and particularly getting himself and things in and out of cars not a strength of his now he knows that about himself this is not new news what is uh something though that i have observed if something goes bad say a a picture gets broken like you shatter the glass of your dimaggio deal trying to get it out of a car (laughs) yeah yeah perhaps you set the the clubs too far back on the tailgate they go down yeah when the first like significant negative thing has happened Great athletes, golfers, and so forth, especially in the moment when things aren't going well, can hit the pause button, regather themselves, and start anew. Coulter is a... Degenerative spiral into just fury and chaos. See, and I, now if one thing's lost, he goes to grab that, see, drops three see. other things, tries to grab those things, and now the car is on fire. See, I
0: totally I I, I totally know that about myself. And here is the most uh, here's
1: Like the, just 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 stop.
0: Just don't move anymore. Here's the most interesting. Don't move. Here's the most interesting part about it though, is when truly <laughs> catastrophic detrimental things happen to me, like My eye gets poked out of my head when I was playing (laughs) pickup basketball, or I break my ankle, or my car engine blows up, or my... You know, flight gets canceled. Those sorts of things. I am so c- cool, calm, and collected. It's all good. I don't get any sort of furious. It's the things like when you're trying to carry too much stuff from the car into the house and it's everywhere. Or when, you know, the golf clubs fall off the tailgate. I just I can't even believe it. I I, I know we're already we're already wasting time, but I almost cut my finger off trying to take my laundry basket down the stairs this, this weekend. Got a one the, inch pain gash right the, the pain is irrelevant. The pain is irrelevant. What I mean, who does that? I slip down the stairs with the laundry basket in my hand, smash it right I on do the that. door. I'm gushing blood everywhere. It's completely and utterly, completely self-inflicted just from being, as my old man would say, a tatanka in a china shop.
1: <laughs> I remember one time, Coulter, uh, I had a hatchback. Well, I still have a hatchback, but I had a different hatchback. It's becoming a this, theme of the Did this one life. squeal? No. Uh, this one was where I was driving down the highway with my wife and my infant child in the hood. <laughs> flips up and smashes the windshield and then i am you know blindly driving but that's not the i did get we were fine we got it sorted out uh because i didn't freak out thankfully uh in any case uh the hatch on it you know over time what do they call it hydraulic fluid tommy is that the thing that that pops the deals up what do you mean you wouldn't know you're an engineer any case that Over time, you kind of have some diminishing returns on that. Like the worst case scenario, doesn't hold it open at all. But before it goes completely and doesn't hold the door open, it doesn't hold it open to its normal height that it did. Right. You lose two to three inches on how high the hatchback door opens, and it is criminal. And I got that thing up. And I just bend in there with all my might. I had no idea I was headbanging like I was at some rock concert. I thought I was just <laughs> bending over to pick something up. And I just smash my head into the corner, you know, of the lid of the hatchback because it's not up high enough. And I bounce back and recoil and I'm just, you know, jeepers, cripes, Friday, you know, with this thing. <laughs> not 30 seconds later, I go in for item number two. And I just crushed my head on this thing again. And if you've ever seen an inanimate object, just take every word oh, in the whole book. Gosh. It was me in a parking lot somewhere making a complete fool of myself because back to back I did it again. And the worst thing is like you just want someone to blame, right? Not other than exactly, me. Exactly, other than me. Exactly, just let me have exactly, someone. Exactly. And it turns out to be the car. I mean, and I'm smashing the I, door and kicking the thing and all of it.
0: I can tell stories for
1: another hour. and I could
0: have so- tell stories yeah. for another hour and a half just on this. Remember when I had to go to the hospital to get stitches in my foot twice in the span of four (laughs) months from cutting my own foot on glass, from standing in my kitchen? (laughs) I I do. I do. That was some of the best content of the entire show. come on, man. Okay. uh, Now that we've wasted one half of the show talking about how uh, non-nimble that we are. This is what what people are here for. I know, but we actually have great content.
2: At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business up and running from networks and security to communications and 24 seven support. We evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more.
0: Let's talk in-state recruiting. So, Bro, I want to start this out by saying that um, you know this is kind of the time of year where I watch the most film of high school guys. This is when all the offers are getting thrown out and when I'm kind of analyzing guys and I build my recruiting tables. Right now the Montana State one's up, by the way, skyonsportsmt.com. So you go check out everybody the Cats have offered. I'm almost done with the Grizz one. Uh, it's pretty tedious data entry building these tables. It's like it, an Excel it is, spreadsheet. It, it's great
1: on there, though, because in addition to like each individual that's been offered that you're aware of the offer, you have – if there's film, film stuff, you have the right. huddle link and stuff like that. So you can actually go watch these kids and, in a very concise way. And that's kind of
0: why it is teasy, tedious too, because I put the kid in and then I watch his whole film. So it takes me like 15 minutes to right. put the whole kid in because then I'm making notes. And But I will say this. I, I have thought that uh, the state of Montana for so long usually had between 18 and 20 guys that were of Big Sky Conference caliber. For whatever mm. reason, the last handful of years, it's been more like, 10 to 12 maybe 14 and usually only between 8 to 10 of guys that are worthy of getting scholarships Mm -hmm. while those other guys are preferred walk-ons right now there's some caveat that comes with that because out-of-state tuition at both schools has gone up quite a bit and in-state tuition hasn't gone up in terms of percentage as much Mm -hmm. so you can get away with a lot of times getting the the Montana guys to be preferred walk-ons because you know the the overall quote unquote bill that their families are gonna pay is a lot less. I mean, you're never gonna get a kid or hardly ever going to get a walk on kid from California. Yeah. Because that's, you know, that's thirty five thousand dollars a year. Right. In comparison to, you know, whatever it is now, less than ten thousand, I think, still per year for in state kids. But also I just think that there has there's been because there hasn't been the quality of linemen like we've been talking about pretty frequently, that's impacted some things. But I will say this, as, after watching all who I consider the 10 best Montana kids in state this year, Montana is really good this year. And there are some real battles this year. Last year, the battles were kind of basically for Carson Rostad, who already was uh, inside track to being a Grizz, being Jordy Tripp's cousin and being a, a you know multiple generation Grizz. And then the other one was with Tommy Mallott, and he wants to be an engineer. So it's just kind of inside track for Montana State. Other than that, not a lot of recruiting battles in state. This year, there's going to be a lot of recruiting battles in state. And the Cats got the momentum rolling early. They got Elijah Reynolds from Red Lodge a long time ago. He was the very first in-state commit. But then this last week, Eli Abbey from Laurel. Jason Fitzgerald from Dillon and Cade Cutler from Flint Creek. He's from Phillipsburg when he plays for the Flint Creek co-op. He's Mike Cutler's son. Mike Cutler's the head coach there. He's been there uh, since taking over for Coach Oberweiser uh, a few years back. But the other guys that are still out there in state are real, real deal players. We're not talking just Big Sky Conference players. I mean, Dylan Rollins from here in Missoula, Missoula Sentinel. He's got an interest from Oregon State and Arizona State. You know, he went on a trip to Oregon State last year. He's got full rides from both schools already uh, in-state here. Kenneth Iden had insane numbers. You know, He was the defensive player of the year in Class AA at Bozeman High, had 42 tackles for loss as a junior. <laughs> He's been on trips to Iowa, Iowa State, Nebraska. These are unofficial visits, but he's still getting invited by the coaching staff and getting shown around. So that's big time. He has full rides from both schools. Jace Klusiewicz has been invited to elite camps at Ohio State, Marshall, a lot of different places. A kid from Frenchtown who's coming to Missoula this next year to play at Missoula Sentinel. And so, I mean, that's another big time battle. I really like the Junior Bergen kid out of Billings. He's a really good athlete. Neil Daly out of Billings. Bergen is at senior. uh, Neil Daly's at West. And then the last kid, who actually actually I think is the kid that has the absolute most upside of any kid in the state of Montana, is this Kellen Dietrich kid up in Havre. Mm -hmm. He's about 6'3", 220. He has never really found his niche as a position because he they play him all over the field. He's one of the best basketball players in the state, too. But he's one of those guys where when you get him into a Montana weight room, and you you know, put him at outside linebacker, depending on which program he ends up choosing, I just think his upside is, is crazy. So my question for you then is do you think that – I think that the three guys that committed are all good. Yep. I think the seven guys who remain uncommitted are all better. Mm. A lot of times we've seen the first commit be the best guy. Yeah. Troy Anderson was the first commit in his class. Carson Rostad was the first commit in his class. Mm-hmm. Those guys have been dominoes that have helped then their school – if maybe not win, definitely really compete hard in that in-state recruiting battle. But this is a different dynamic because now you have a, a glut of kids, which I think resonates with the news going out there on Twitter and social media and everything. But also you don't have that number one pawn. Like if this was Kenneth Iden, now all of a sudden you know, he's recruiting guys to come with him. But what do you think of just the fact that you got 3 instant yeah. commits in, in one week? Let me,
1: ask, let me answer that question or not answer that question by asking you a question in return. Okay. Okay. One of the things that has been a, a, a sort of hallmark, it seems like, of recruiting style for Jeff Choate has been: as soon as you're able, you throw offers. Now, right. a lot of that has been out-of-state stuff, where you go after some big-name guys, uh, some so you know some three-star guys or whatever, just to be. You know, yes, in the mix. And if you can get an early commit, maybe you can keep a guy on, you know, uh, 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 honest with that, you know, tied into that commitment, even if it hasn't, you know, it hasn't been signed yet. Um, But does that happen also within the state of Montana for Montana State, where he goes out and goes, okay, day one, we're going to offer a bunch of people, whereas certainly Bob Stitt and perhaps Bobby Houck as well are more reticent to offer like that, where they're well, just throwing a big pool of, of names out.
0: Here's there. the thing that I've seen. This was both the last two years of Stit, as well as these first couple of years of Bobby Hawke. This is paralleled with what Jeff Choate does. On signing day, I've actually seen Jeff Choate make a phone call where as soon as the signing day press conference is over, he goes and calls the, what he considers his top guys in the state. Sometimes that's two or three. Sometimes it's as many as four, or five, or six. But like I know, the Grizz offered the Deming Twins on signing day. Right. That day, they Damn offered deal. the Deming yeah. Twins, and the, and they were committed pretty soon after.
1: And, and you got to know. I mean, obviously, there's there's guys that are that you just have on your board. Right. that are like, this is who we got to get. Right. Got to go. Well, right and, now and it's like it's, yeah. like
0: it's like Bobby Houck said two years ago. He said, hey, you know, when he was walking out of the signing day press conference, he said, "Hey boys, keep your ear to the ground here because there's going to be some news." And then he offered Carson Rostad right mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen Choate offer. Troy Anderson, right? You know, right there. That's kind of when they do it. They close the rec- mm-hmm. recruiting cycle, start the new one. So yes, to answer your question, but it's not this wide swath. And oftentimes, well, for actually, who? for either either side. Okay. But oftentimes, it's both schools that are calling the same guys. Okay. Because yeah. even though Choate's calling Troy Anderson, well, then Bob Stitt is too. You know what I mean? Right. Or even though. How or I guess it would have been stepped back then is calling the Deming twins. So is Chote. So the 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 top 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 kids in Montana are always almost always definitely agreed upon. So that yes, they both kind of offer early it, just to those top Montana kids. So
1: listen, man, it's easy to sit here and think, and you know you know my belief about momentum or my disbelief in momentum in in some of the ways that it is applied. Okay, Um but. When you talk about you got three kids from the state of Montana who have signed, they've all signed with Montana State. Is that impactful? they're committed? They're committed, uh, commi- not committed? Committed? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry. And they commitments to, to the Montana State. Is that impactful in terms of first of all, what's going to happen with the other? If if there's seven other, you know, maybe out of the top ten uh, that are available, does this create an atmosphere in which guys are like, okay, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going over here. I I would say, I'm not going to say no, but I'm going to say it's minimal if it's there.
0: Because, well, would you agree with this, though? It's of more consequence right now for Montana State than Montana. Because Montana State has so much momentum in the rivalry already. Well, you're talking about the first time in more than 30 years where the Cats can claim the upper hand in literally everything. They can claim the upper hand in terms of the head-to-head for four years in a row. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about on the football field. Sure. You can talk about over the last decade. It's the first time they made the playoffs more than the Grizz in a decade. Since the 70s. Yeah. They've won more recent Big Sky Conference championships, although they have not mm-hmm. won a championship since 2012. They won three last decade. Montana, officially, zero. Mm-hmm. And so they can say all of those things to recruits sure. with conviction. And so then I think when you get a run of in-state guys like this, I think it does have an influence. The other thing you got to remember is how much these guys talk to each other on Twitter.
1: Well, this is – so I'm going to agree with you on half of that and disagree with you on the other – not not disagree with you, but I'm what I'm going to say to you is this. All the things that you just highlighted about the momentum, that's why they're signing – at right. least in some cases, not because other kids signed. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, so so here's where. Here's I think where it's kind I'm of 50 eh, 50. I don't think it's 50 50, but I th- here's where I agree with you. High school kids are incredibly influenceable. Is that right? Can I say it? Is that the word? They, they're easily yes. influenced. That's certainly. right. That's what I said. Easily influenced, right? And especially when you have other, you know. Kids, guys that you played with, maybe you were on an all-star roster together, maybe you're straight teammates from the same school or whatever the case may be. And so we've seen this, you know, I think four kids came out of Bozeman High School last year. Yep. Two went to Montana State, two went to the Grizzlies. Yep. And they were like, you know, hey, I, I knew if, you know, guy A was going there, I was gonna go there, their friends, whatever, so sure. they do the thing, even though they split a K. Sure. But my point is, is there is a level at which where you know, if a guy, if a kid's being recruited now at a Bozeman high school, mm-hmm. okay, looks down at this list and says, okay, well, we, you know, Eli, Jace, Kay, Daryl go to Montana State. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what I should do. That, though, to me, is number – I'm not saying it doesn't register. I think it does register. But I think it's down the list, way down the list, compared to all the other influences and factors when it comes to recruiting a kid in terms of the decision-making. Like I'm just going to say it's going to be very rare where the, the thing that's going to tip the scales is, well, I don't know. Five other guys already went to this school. I think I'm going to go too. now.
0: I have not talked to any of these three young men yet. I'll, I'll look forward to that. I think we'll probably get at least a couple of them on the show. But I also don't know if any of these guys are the quote-unquote kingpin. Sure. In other words, Carson Ross has come on this show a couple times, and we talked to him about it after the Marty Morningway camp last year. He said, when I committed, that I all the guys that I already knew that I had previous relationships with, I started texting those guys. I started hitting those guys up. Mm-hmm. When you're the reigning Gatorade player of the year coming out of your junior year, that resonates. This, if this, Troy Anderson hits you up with a text, and I mean, you chances are, if you're a small town kid, since Troy Anderson plays every sport under the sun, you've played some sort of sports or you've seen this guy when he hits you up and he's like, "Hey, man, we're going to Montana State. Let's roll." This, this happened a decade ago at Montana State for the kids coming out of Texas, right? There's McGee recruited them all.
1: Circle, yeah. circle the wagons, which makes some sense when you're talking about coming from you know a completely different state different region of the country and you get four or five guys it's like okay we're traveling as a pack right so so that kind of makes sense again i think there is something to it i just don't know where it registers on uh, in the grander scope of well look at this facility look at the champion right. center right right like are you are you not going to go play at this school with the champion center because you know a guy from another right. school or a couple guys from another school went elsewhere
0: i don't know and Just following these guys on Twitter, too, you get a lot of uh, knowledge just in terms of what their their engagement level's like. You can see a little bit of their personality. I'll tell you this, Kenneth Iden, not only is is he a hell of a football player, he's really good at promoting himself on Twitter. And that's, I mean, he has gotten himself invited to these camps. But like we talk about, a lot of times Montana kids just don't know how to do the process. His dad played college football, actually played at Montana State. And so he knows the process. He knows how to do it. But like if he was one of the commits recently, I would say that is a big deal because just because of his Twitter interaction, I would not be surprised at all if he was one of those guys that was hitting everybody up. So we'll see how this goes. But I, I do think that um, even though Montana State has four commits, they don't have that one domino that's kind of like the big guy yeah. yet. But it's I think this is going to be one of the better in-state recruiting wars we've seen in a long time.
1: Uh, we'll take a quick break. I want to get to this, though, because Montana just signed a quarterback, a transfer from South Florida. That's right, USF, the Bulls, as it were, of South Florida. Kirk Rigel is his name. So we want to kind of highlight this kid, who he is, where he comes from because it's not only USF. He's been around a little bit already, Uh, but uh, going to add another quarterback with two years of eligibility remaining, which I believe will give Montana then a quarterback in each class, which we know is something that Bobby Hauck likes to prioritize. So we'll get into that and maybe a little bit of high school stuff too right after this. Hey, the silver slipper, they are open again for business as sit-down service. Okay, they've been open the whole way through, but now you can go in there, enjoy a drink, maybe play on the machines, have yourself a nice pizza from Tarantino's Pizzeria. All of that stuff. Here we go. The new hours: 9 a.m. to 11:30 p.m. for the casino. 11 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. for the bar and restaurant. They will be opening at half capacity, okay, half capacity for the time being. We know Phase 2 begins on June 1, but for right now, still half capacity. Plexiglass dividers are between the Kino machines. They've spaced out the tables to allow plenty of room between groups, extra sanitation stations, as well as a uh, a disinfecting schedule that they're running there. And they have removed stools around the bars, again, to uh, ensure that everybody, employees, patrons alike, are safe. Still, with the friendliest staff in town, it's all about great food, tasty beverages, and their urge to have a good time. If you're looking for an affordable family meal, just a little bit of fun. The Silver Slipper has what you are looking for. Visit online, silverslipperlounge.com for more info. And stop by today to see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. They're across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. (laughs) Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf, and nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Mitch Spinetta, how about that? On, we'll get into that a little bit more here in a minute. It's 2 Nuanas, Nuwana's, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Hi. How are you? Great to be with you on a Tuesday afternoon. On Twitter at 102.9 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT, and at Gus Toutel. That's yours truly. Uh, Colter, we wanted to talk. We talked about recruiting, sort of in general, in the first segment, and but we highlighted. Uh, some of the in-state recruits that have committed to Montana State here early, but the Grizzlies getting what well Anytime it's a quarterback. It's a significant recruit, but a transfer from a power five school and you actually I guess they're they're technically
0: they're not, not right power in USF five, but, but I mean they're, they're a gigantic school They, they, they are it's either the, Central Florida or Southern Florida that are or South Florida. They're the biggest schools in Florida it, they, they both have 55,000 plus students.
1: I'm going to say this
0: conservatively, but I
1: believe the South Florida undergrad enrollment is top 5 in the in the country. In the country. I think they both are 60-70,000. I think Central and South Florida are both top. Um five. but not what what are,
0: are they Conference USA? Is that what I, it is? I have I no idea. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's so irrelevant to me. Oh my gosh. I mean when you can go undefeated it, it, I'm making your argument for you. When you're Central Florida, you can go undefeated, you can't win the Natty. Who cares? Because you go and you win a bowl game, you win a big time bowl. Oh, and game. you get a little prize pack, get some pins, oh my a goodness. sticker, maybe a Yeti water bottle.
1: You are incorrigible on this stuff. Uh, in any case. Uh, The Grizzlies get Kirk Riegel. He is a uh, quarterback who uh, played just one season this past season. It was his redshirt freshman year at USF. Pretty uh, interesting history. First of all, Riegel's from Fort Mill, South Carolina, originally. I I
0: cannot think of a player from South Carolina that's ever played Mm. for the Grizzlies.
1: Okay. Let me take a look. This might be the first. Uh, But six feet, 195. Okay, so, you know pretty good frame uh, all things considered out of high school he went to north greenville university a d2 school he played in one game there as a freshman he then transferred to asa a, asa Rate right? college of brooklyn which is a g- junior college in brooklyn yes that brooklyn brooklyn new york who even knew they're playing football in brooklyn foot in uh, brooklyn new york he redshirted though that year as as a transfer into the junior college and out of there uh, got an opportunity at US, USF. He uh, he played a little bit. Was five games last year. Came through. It was twelve of twenty-four for 170 yards and two touchdowns in five appearances. Obviously, in you know some late game type of scenarios and that kind of thing. Point being, he has very little almost no basically no experience in game he has no been at the d2 the d the jc and the division one fbs level he now transferred to montana two years of eligibility remaining obviously you go to the fcs so you don't have a sit-out year uh kind of scenario and so this will be his fourth school in four years normally that's maybe not great news right i have no idea the story of the path for him in terms of why he went places and then left and, you know, went other places, but nonetheless, he comes here, and it does fill out. I believe this is right. Right, it fills out the Grizzly quarterback class. We yep. know Coach Howk loves to have at least one quarterback in each and every class. So now this will be a a you know a junior. Uh, this year coming into his junior season, redshirt junior season. And so uh, they got they got one all the way through as of right now.
0: Yep, Carson Ross, that'll be a true freshman from Hamilton, Montana. Chris Brown, redshirt freshman from Bozen, Montana. Robbie Patterson, who's the Saddleback Junior College transfer that they added in the winter during January mm-hmm. signing period. He's going to be a redshirt sophomore because he was an automatic qualifier, so he only spent that one year at the. the I guess he spent the two years at the JC, but one was a redshirt year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so he's eligible right away. He's a sophomore with three seasons of eligibility remaining. And then Cam Humphrey is a redshirt senior, so now you have a you're adding a redshirt junior to the room. I think that the I, I, here's my question for you. I think that when I first saw this news, I just thought, "Huh, well, I wonder why the Grizzlies need another quarterback." But then I thought about Coach Houck's comments that he wants quarterbacks in each class so that makes sense this kid obviously has a very atypical path and i really don't know if they've ever had somebody from south carolina on their roster ever i really don't know if they have i can't think of anybody but i think the one thing that makes the grizz quarterback situation so mysterious is the fact that i think we kind of know what we got in cam humphrey people that have watched him play i mean he, he started three games last year he's Everybody that's ever gone to practice, you know, he, I mean, he he can operate perfectly fine. In fact, above average, I thought he would have been a top half quarterback in the league the last couple of years. Yep. But the other guys, first of all, transfers are always mysterious because they can just go so many different ways. I mean, I've seen four-star guys that have come in and been at everything you ever wanted, like Drew Miller was back in the day for the Grizz. And then you had four-star guys that are on their fifth school in four years, like Tyler Brugman, and they just, they cannot do it. and. I don't know where this Riegel kid fits into that. But then you have another transfer, Robbie Patterson. I guess, the, I guess the mystery is it's not only that we've only seen Cam a small sample size of Cam Humphrey, but it's that we've literally seen nothing of three of the other four guys. Right. And the one guy you have seen is Chris Brown, but he's just operating the scout team. Mm-hmm. I can tell you Chris Brown can make all the throws. I know that they really like him uh, internally. I know the coaching staff thinks he's got a lot of talent, but I've never seen him you know, play against the quote-unquote varsity. So – Four of the five guys on the roster, we have no idea how they can compete at this specific level. Well, and isn't this,
1: I mean, in college football, okay, in general, broadly, you see so many changes at quarterback, you know, in in during the course of a year. Right. In comparison to, okay, but something like the NFL. Why? Well, the reason is, is because... I wouldn't say they're in the dark. Obviously they know as much as you can possibly know, but until it's happening, until you're, until you're playing football games, you don't know how kids are going to react and you can look as great as you want right. to look in spring ball and fall ball and all that kind of stuff. And then when, you know, when it's on, can you actually show up and do it and do it week in and week out? And in, in the non-conference first couple, you know, four or five weeks of the season, you are going to see regularly nationally guys go, well, we gotta we gotta try something else here because this this ain't working out. Totally, and especially when you do have a quarterback in every year. I mean, here's the thing: what happens if Cam Humphrey comes in and is the guy, and then Robbie Patterson is the next guy up, or Chris Brown is the next guy up? Right. Where does that leave a guy like Kirk Reigel? I totally. don't know. The other thing is, my I don't quite understand this. Like in general, right? Maybe it seems intuitive why you would want to have a quarterback in every class. Okay. There's, there's, there is something that makes sense about that. And you work guys up and you work them through. But also, if you get a kid who's ready to roll as a sophomore, obviously you need depth at the position and sure. you need to have the next guy coming up. Sure. But there's, there's good, any, any coach would love to have a guy who's a three or four year starter. At any position, but especially at quarterback, right, it seems to me. And so then when you bring in guys who, you know, may never play, I don't know. And I'm not saying that's this guy, right? He may be the starter for all we know, you know, but I'm just it's there's going to be an odd man out. It's not like other positions where you're going to be able to rotate in. It's not like, you know, as being a lineman or a a position, you know, a, a wide receiver, something like that, where, okay, even if you're sixth or seventh on the depth chart. You might get in there and get a couple looks or work your way up into fifth, and now you're in some specific packages or whatever it might be.
0: Well, one thing worth noting is that Bobby Houck will have a quarterback competition every, every single fall Always. camp, no matter what. does not matter if you're the incumbent starter. I mean, the only guy I can really think of that was ever treated there's two guys I can think of that were treated like the actual absolute incumbent, and that was Cole Berkowitz, but only going into his senior year. Because even though Cole started games as a freshman and a, and then didn't start at all as a sophomore because they brought in Josh Swagger to start over him, then he had to beat out multiple guys to get it his junior year and then finally going into his senior year was the incumbent. Dalton Sneed's the other one. Dalton Sneed beat out Gresh Jensen and then he was definitely the incumbent, the captain, yep. the guy that was doing it all. But the thing about Coach Hauk is that he has always wanted his program to be a program that gets old and stays old. In other words... If it's all going according to his plan, you're never going to even be in the mix for a starting spot until you're a fourth-year junior. And then the whole depth chart is competition between fourth-year juniors and fifth-year seniors. That's what the, the the maximized version of Bobby Houck's program is. And so I think that makes this happen in the QB room. Coach Houck said the last time he was on our show, he said, if Cam Humphrey isn't ready from a mental perspective, that's not only his fault, that's our fault. We have failed him yeah. in terms of him being in this program for three years. If he doesn't have the mental part down, then that's on everybody. We all screwed that up. But And he like said that said, within
1: the context of him being, he didn't say he's the starter, but he said he is certainly the leader of right. you know in the competition for totally. being the quarterback.
0: And that's why fall camp competitions are so perplexing sometimes, though, too. I mean, I hearken back to 2010 when... Cody Kempt, who was a drop down from Oregon, who had started the previous year at Montana State, was trying to fend off a redshirt freshman named Daenerys McGee. That was the first fall camp I covered at Montana State. Cody Kemp won the job. There's no question he won the job. He was he had the leg up going in, and then he he won the job, even though Daenerys showed a bunch of flashes. But then as soon as Daenerys got one minute of action in a game and you compared that to Cody Kemp, when everything sped up, Cody Kemp sped, sped down. When everything sped up for Daenerys McGee, now he's the best player on the field. Yeah. And all of a sudden, then they made the move, game two, bam, off and running. He's the Big Sky Conference player of the year. But it's to your point, who knows? I think that you have to figure out a way. I don't know what Chris Brown's got. I don't know what Ro- Robbie Patterson's got. I don't know what Kirk Rygold's got. But if you can get him into a game somehow, some way, maybe then the, the competition extends. We'll see. But mm-hmm. I, I do think that's part of it, though, is Coach Alk just wants to have a heated competition with not just two guys, but multiple guys going at it during fall camp and then maybe even into the season a little bit. Let me
1: ask you this question. that was to tell Nuanas, on. 102.9 ESPN Radio. If the goal here is, as you say, to get old and stay old, and I think that m- many coaches would operate broadly under that philosophy, that idea, especially at the FCS level, okay? Certainly there's positions, the lines come to mind in particular where you you just you have to be that old in order to be that good almost always like it's just incredibly rare that a kid is going to go to an fcs level school and be physically ready to go it's all about projection and the weight room and all that but my other but my question is doesn't it seem to you like you are restricting some of the kids who might come and be the hugely talented players Because if they think that they have little to no chance of playing early in their career and they know that they're going to get a chance to play early in their career elsewhere.
0: That's going to be the thing that's going to be so um, interesting about this because I do think that even 10 years ago is a lot easier to get kids to buy into that. Mm -hmm. There's a sense of entitlement even from Montana kids, and that's the biggest difference is like all my buddies that came from small Montana high schools in the early 2000s who came to play for Bobby Houck, Th- there was never even a thought. No one was ever thinking that they were going to be entitled to even a chance to compete for a starting spot until you're bare minimum, a, a redshirt sophomore. I mean, consider that Shan Schillinger didn't really get a chance to compete for a starting spot until he was a redshirt junior, and he got drafted. Yeah, he got drafted two years well, and, later. And let's be clear. I mean, so society. To answer your question, society is different. So I do. I do wonder. Because there is a level of so many kids that are like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be starting by the time I'm a redshirt freshman, right? And I I don't know where that goes. And it's particularly true though with the quarterback situation too. I've seen Chris Brown live and in person. He's a really talented guy. Is he going to get the opportunity though to start for the Grizz? It might be several years. Does he have the patience to do it? Is he a program guy that buys into it? I'm not sure.
1: Well, and you know to be fair, I mean two years ago, and granted this was as much a result about the coaching change as anything else, but there was more freshmen starting than seniors starting for Bobby How. So it's not like he won't do it. Oh, totally. And and he had to do it in in that situation and, and certainly will continue to do it. So I'm not saying that you don't have any shot if you're a freshman or a sophomore, but all I'm saying to you is this. I don't think it's – it certainly could be entitlement. Oh, I deserve to play. I'm not going to your program and putting the work in or whatever. So that – you know will will not work at the university of montana won't work at a lot of programs so i understand that but what i am saying is if montana is saying yeah you know you could come here and compete but we got four guys that are older than you and put in the time and until you do that until you prove you know you're not going to see the field and eastern washington say comes in and goes you are great. We think you are unbelievably talented. You, We expect you to play and even fight for a starting job your freshman year. And maybe the kid is really talented. You go probably to go to Eastern Washington, and it's not because you're, quote, entitled. It's because there's an opportunity ready for you now that hasn't been presented to you in other programs. And again, I understand broadly why you want the program to operate in this way sure. and the work ethic that it, you know, maybe in right. and the competition and all that kind of stuff. But I also think that some of the very talented kids maybe go, well, I- I'm ready to go right now. And if they are ready to go right now, then you're missing out on some of that.
0: And the other thing is when you do have – if say you have a red shirt, whatever it is, senior, junior, sophomore, freshman, and then a true freshman in mm-hmm. all of your classes filled out with quarterbacks – well, then the hierarchy of it all gets so disrupted. Say Carson Rostad goes and wins the job in one of the next two years. There's a lot of people think he's talented enough to do it. Right. But then all of a sudden... Now you got two, three upperclassmen. you upper got multiple upperclassmen yeah. that get bumped down. Yeah, That's why the culture thing is so important, though. Doing it for the name on the front, not the name on the back. Because I knew a lot of guys that were in that situation at Montana under Bobby Hauk's, his first tenure where, all right, well, I didn't win the starting job, but I still want to be a part of something. I still want to chase a national championship. I still want to be a part of this team if you got these guys leaving now, but that's the other thing about quarterback is you don't need to have that fourth string guy necessarily, unless there's just a complete catastrophe yeah. in the room. Sure. Right. I mean, yeah. So four, four. so if you, if Carson Ross, or Chris Brown does claim the starting job and it ostracizes a couple of the upperclassmen and they leave, it doesn't hurt you as much as if you had that same thing happen in the linebackers room. Yeah. Cause the linebacker guys, now all of a sudden you're hurting your special teams depth. Yeah. You're hurting your, hurting your game day depth, all of it. So, I just don't think that Coach Alkin and his staff are going to worry about it. I just think they really just want to have the most heated competition they could have every single offseason, whether it's spring ball, fall camp, whatever.
1: Stu Tell, Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. On the other side, a couple of things. We may get to a little bit of high school stuff. And also, today it's officially open. You can register to win a stay-and-play package at the Coeur d'Alene Golf Resort. We're going to tell you how right after this. Say hey, the Silver Slipper, they are open for sit-down service once again. They've made some changes. They're going to comply, of course, with all the MCHD standards to help keep everyone safe and healthy. Their new hours are 9 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. for the casino. And then at 11 a.m., they're opening the bar and restaurant, 11 to 11.30. Okay, they're opening at half capacity. The plexiglass dividers exist now between Keno machines. They've spaced out their tables to allow plenty of room between groups, extra sanitation stations, and distant, disinfecting schedule. So they are ready to go, and they are ready for you, and they still have the friendliest staff in town. The Silver Slipper, all about great food, tasty beverages. They're urged to have a good time. You need an affordable family meal, just a fun night out. The Silver Slipper has what you are looking for. Visit online, silverslipperlounge.com, for more info. They're across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. Stop by today. South end of town, great spot for it. See why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets.
2: At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more.
1: To tell in Nuonis on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Missoula. A no hitter on the first full weekend of baseball. Of course, of course, there would be. It's telling New One is ESPN Radio. Great to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are having a great day. Appreciate you letting us be on board uh, with you. It is time for our prep extra segment. It is brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since nineteen oh seven. Colter. Uh, several uh, Memorial Day tournaments. Normally, it's the Mavs tournament, so you have the AA and the A and maybe even the B tournament all in Missoula. They all had to be hosted elsewhere throughout the course of this weekend. Uh, the uh, uh, AA tournament was in Bozeman. The Mavs uh, didn't get a win until until Monday in that, where they did get a 13-2 win over Belgrade, uh, who they played there. But the big news over the weekend happened actually in the Class A tournament in Florence the two Bitterroot teams, the Red Sox playing the Bucks, the Bitterroot Red Sox, Bitterroot Bucks playing each other. Now, the, in these tournaments, you play a bunch of games, right? And it turns out as you make it to the championship game, the Bitterroot Red Sox were going to be playing their fifth game in four days. Okay, so what do they do?
0: A lot of times these tournaments have pitch counts too.
1: Right, where you, okay, That's you've, you've pitched yourself out of the opportunity to even be available to be a pitcher. They go to Mitch Spinetta, who is a junior. Uh, and uh, in high school on a team, and he is the catcher for this team. So they flip a coin between him and an infielder. He actually lost the coin flip, but then said, "No, no, no! I don't care that I lost the coin flip. I want to pitch. Let me go out and pitch." Well, the uh, uh, Bitterroot Red Sox rolled to a championship, fourteen to one. They beat the Bucks. But what is most remarkable? A no-no. 14 to 1, one, one run given up. I don't know what the air-slash-walk-slash-hit hit batter deal is, but a no-hitter gave up one run, complete game, and, uh, and how about that for your first shot on the dish as uh at least in this season i think he's pitched a couple of times before in his life but primarily as a catcher and actually a pretty high level catcher looking to, to go to college to play uh uh at that position at the two spot uh but mitch Spinetta, tip of the cap man congratulations it's a fun weekend yeah,
0: it sounded like a diving uh first diving catch was what preserved the no-hitter. It resulted in a sacrifice fly that drove in a run because mm. he had a guy on third, but mm-hmm. that's what robbed the hit. So obviously a guy got to third from whether it was walked or and then stole and whatever. whatever, yeah. But uh, but they preserved it, and then they also turned a double play to get out of that inning what too. That? So a five-inning no-hitter because it was a mercy rule, 14-1 to 1 in the championship, but um, pretty cool story. As far as the Memorial Day tournament, in Bozeman, uh, a couple scores. Missoula Mavs, Bozeman Bucks play the nightcap of the Saturday action, and the Bucks beat Missoula eight to four. But then Missoula bounced back and they posted that win over Belgrade, like you mentioned. Then they mm-hmm. also beat Great Falls as well, so mm. two wins over the weekend for the Mavs. Uh, Bozeman Bucks went four and zero in the tournament, so I don't know if it was a round robin style or what. The it the, is round
1: robin. The, the yeah. format
0: was, but Bozeman went four and zero, so I guess you could de- declare them the de facto champion or whatever. But um, I think that uh, Bozeman and Missoula always have two of the stronger programs in the state, and it appears that is the case uh, once again.
1: All right. Very good. It's our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer's State Bank. Their lobbies are now open, so go in there. You can go in any time. Obviously, you can still operate online, FarmersEBank.com and the MyCard app. Uh, Coulter, we've been waiting on this, and we're pumped up to do it now. It is time for all of you, all of our friends out there, particularly our golfing friends, but really anybody. I mean, because this is a great trip. You've been, you know, maybe not traveling. How's that? Very much recently. This isn't a big trip in terms of distance, but it is a big trip in terms of what you're going to do. Our annual stay-and-play getaway at the Coeur Golf Resort is open for entries. We're going to run it all this week and into next week, Thursday of next week. We're going to pick a variety of winners, and we're going to post them. What does it mean to be a winner? How do you get involved? It's very, very simple. I realize we're in Montana, Coulter, and there's a lot of people who are like me in Montana that either can't or hate or both hate and can't do social medias. Right, right. That's me. Okay. Yes, I have a raging Twitter account that is on fire. It's followed by many, 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 many people.
0: But I'm not
1: good at it. And I am, you know, I struggle. And I know there's a lot of of people that are not on Twitter. They're not on the Instagram. They're not even on the F book. Okay. So what we've done is we've made it a text in, but it's still pictorial. Okay. We want you to text, text in. Okay. Because everybody could do that now, I hope. Text in your best golf picture. Golf picture. Now, before I give you, actually, I'll give you the number now, and I'll give it to you again. You can lock it in, okay? The phone number is 406, area code 406, 200-200-8184. 200-8184. You text in your best golf picture. Now, let's be clear. We are using the word golf here as loosely as is humanly possible, okay? It doesn't have to be any, it doesn't have to be at a golf course, It doesn't have to be you know, just 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 it just demonstrably something to do with golf. Or maybe not even demonstrably. Maybe you can explain to us what it has to do with golf. Maybe your child broke a window with a five iron during the quarantine. Maybe
0: your nephew broke your kneecap during the <laughs> Memorial Day barbecue.
1: <laughs> that happened to culture Of course, he got injured by a golf club uh, from a three-year-old. But maybe, you know, or, or maybe it is. Maybe it's you on the golf course. Maybe you met some, some golfer. Maybe you went to a golf tournament or something. Whatever it is, okay, but send us your best pictures. Make them fun, funny, uh, compelling. Whatever it can you know, it can be whatever the, the 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 entry point is in terms of interest, why it's good. But make them fun, okay? You know, like. Just the picture of a bunker with a ball in it isn't going to win the thing. We need more than that, okay? So help us out. So text in to 200-8184, your best golf pictures. Again, 406-200-8184. You can send them now. We're going to collect them over the next, uh, like I said, eight, eight nine days into next week. And then at the end of next week, Coulter and I are going to go through. We'll curate it. We'll pick our handful of best. We're not going to put a number on it. Because if there's three that are clearly the best, we're going to pick those three. If there's 10 that we love, all 10 of these out of, you know, the 100 that come in or whatever, that's what we're going to do. So you can text in the pictures, and we will pick the ones that we like the most. Everybody's going to get a chance to look at the finalists. And then based on your—we're not going to vote on it, but based on your feedback— we're going to take that into consideration. And then Coulter and I are going to have a major consulting session and sit down with Tommy and each other. And we're going to make a decision. And then you and a guest headed to a, an overnight weekend and uh, 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 play around at golf on the spectacular quarterland Golf Resort. So there you go. Try to make it, you know, a nice end of May, early June for you. Things are getting better, boys and girls. And we want to make them as good as they possibly can be for you.
0: This is awesome. I can't wait to play our little round. It's going to be fun. Yep. And uh, we might die because it's 89 degrees uh, high on. Yeah, what
1: was it? 68 today, and you and I were both just sweating windows, at each other's throats. Windows don't down. talk to me.
0: Don't look. Stop breathing on me. Gotta have, I had to get, make a stop so I could go get a comb just because my hair was, <laughs> I was sweating so hard. <laughs> but no, this will be a fun giveaway. So anything golf related, texted into us and. Uh, We'll make sure we're pretty liberal about what is considered golf, oh, yeah, and we very, will very we'll have open. some good fun with all of this. And you, the loyal listeners, are going to be the winners, the one that wins this. This is one of the best prizes we give away all year.
1: Yeah, we, lo- we love doing this, so we're excited to launch it again. 200 the phone number, text in your best golf picture. Okay, hour one in the books, hour two straight ahead. There's a new Big Sky Conference schedule. One of the themes of this past two months is, is there anything that has happened just in general in the world that is actually going to stay, that's going to make things better, even after we're on the other side of the pandemic and all of that. Has the Big Sky Conference stumbled onto that very thing in basketball scheduling? We'll answer that question next. (laughs)